We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And a pleasant good afternoon to everyone out there in Irish Breakdown land. Guess what? It's Monday, and we are back for our normal, regularly scheduled programming. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is my partner in crime. That is Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And uh, we are... <laughs> you always got to throw a sly one at me. Uh, we, we are ready to get things fired up. This is our last week before fall camp opens so we've got a lot planned for this week and then obviously a lot planned moving into next week and and beyond um it's gonna be fun and and we will have uh i don't i don't know if i'm you know breaking protocol here or not brian but we do have a show scheduled on saturday yeah uh following practice so Mm -hmm. we want to bring you guys you know whatever after it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be a surprise so i'm okay with you telling everybody okay fair enough so we're gonna have a live show following practice um, you know, that'll be in the 11 to 1130 area, um, you know, depending on when we, where we can find some Wi-Fi and, and get hooked up and get ready to rock and roll. But uh, we have access to the first 30 minutes of practice. And uh, so we will bring uh, my thoughts and, and things of that nature after practice. And there's a chance this could be the first week all year that we uh, have a show every single day. May <laughs> just have a recruiting show on Sunday. So, oh, that's a good point. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, this could be a seven seven day a weeker, uh, possibly. Yeah, possibly. I, yeah. You know, uh, have a lot of content this week. That's for sure. And we're gonna mix yes. up this week. We're gonna mix up sort of some some team topics as we kind of get ready for the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Five things we're most confident in today is gonna be our topic. Right today, we're gonna go over the five personnel things that we're most confident in today. And then for like a little bonus nugget, we're gonna talk about sort of the three bigger picture things we're most confident in right and tomorrow we'll do our toledo and purdue uh podcast which means some news is going to break between now and then <laughs> that's absolutely right. that's going to cause us to not do that because apparently <laughs> the football gods do not want us talking about toledo and purdue uh, wednesday we'll, we'll kind of talk about the five biggest concerns we have about this football team and the five and the, the you know from a personnel standpoint and then the three areas where we're we have the biggest question marks you know from a bigger picture standpoint Thursday, we'll get back into – we're going to talk uh, Cincinnati, Wisconsin, probably a little Virginia Tech on Thursday. So we're going to put some of these team previews in a little bit more condensed format. And then uh, then Friday will be Vince's favorite day of the week. So Friday. Mailbag. So that is our schedule for today, Vince. But let's uh, – Vince, let's get going on this topic about – and as always, we're gonna we're gonna talk. We're gonna kind of cover things. If you have something you want to interject during the show, send us a super chat. Otherwise, we'll get to all your questions at the end of the show. But Vince, Absolutely. I want to talk about the five aspects of this team. And you know, we're gonna get into we're gonna have bold predictions and we're gonna get into like season expectations, but that'll be closer to the actual kickoff, right? Right. Right now, it's more about looking at where this team is heading into fall camp. And there are there are five areas, and we had you you I told you to give me five, you gave me six, which kind of says about how confident Vince is in, in the football team and um, heading into to the season. But you know the five areas personnel wise, where as you look at it, you say, boy, I'll be real surprised if that area is not 
at least pretty good. I mean, Maybe one of the strengths great, but at least pretty good. You know, a strength yeah. of the team. We're confident right. this part is going to be good. Right. There's always going to be areas that, that end up being better than we think. I, I don't know if anyone predicted that the running back production would be what it was last year. Right. With all the injuries, especially going in too. Yeah. Right. I mean, this time I'm referring yeah. to like this time of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Although at this time of the year, we weren't, I don't even know if we were sure we we're going to have a football season, but that's, uh, that's fair. When it, when we did realize we we're going to have it, I don't know if I would have said, Hey, running back is going to be really good. There's going to be an all American or running back. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Freshman all American. Yeah. Chris Terry. Yeah. It makes total sense. No. And, and so there's always going to be some surprises, but what do we think right now of what we know are going to be the strengths? And mm-hmm. the first one, Vince, was uh, the biggest like no brainer ever. Yeah, absolutely. And that is that we believe Kyle Hamilton is going to be an All American this season. Hot take, right? Real yeah. hot take. Woo! You know, it takes professionals. <laughs> Only professionals like us can come up with that kind of nuanced <laughs> take on Notre Dame. But that we think Kyle Hamilton is going to be really, really good this year. Well, and you know, and we've talked about ways in which he can be really, really good this year. And part of that is the play of his, his safety uh, running mate uh, in Houston Griffith, and and part of that is just on him. And uh, you know, he's going to be moved from the boundary side to the field side for the majority of the time, right? I mean, he's going to be moved all around. If if Marcus Freeman is the defensive coordinator that we think he is. But Kyle Hamilton's going to be all over the field, right? So uh, I, I just feel like he's going to take his game to yet another level. Uh, he's going to, you know, be a blitzer. He is going to be a center fielder. He is going to be a leader in that secondary, which frankly needs a leader this year, right? I mean, it, it, other than Kyle Hamilton, what established, I mean, an established returner is there, right? I mean, you've got Clarence Lewis who, who started some games. You've got Tariq Bracey who started some games. Um, you know, you've got Houston Griffith who has playing time, but you know, and then, then you go all the way over to uh, Hart, who is going to be a new starter. So I believe that they need a, a leader and I think he's going to bring that as well as his production on the field. So I think this is going to be a big year for Kyle Hamilton. And again, not, uh, overly shocking that he is the first one that we have the most confidence in. Uh, and we're not necessarily, I don't know if you are or I am, but going in order of our confidence, but he would still be at the top of my list. Well, it, it's going in, in, it's not necessarily going in order of most confident uh, after this. After this. Fair enough. But he was number one because it's the thing I'm most confident in. Yes. And he was number one on your list, too, that you sent yep. to me. Yep. And look, I don't know if, I don't know if, we've talked a lot about, <clears throat> pardon me, we've talked a lot about how, the lack of experience in other places could affect Kyle Hamilton. We've discussed that before. But we haven't spent enough time on Vince is how Kyle Hamilton being the great player he is can then benefit those other positions. Absolutely. You know, so if you're Marcus Freeman, you're going to get a pretty early tell in games, but then throughout the season, okay, here's what teams are doing to avoid Kyle Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And then you you can then use Kyle Hamilton to your advantage. Okay, well, look, this team likes to play to the boundary. They also don't want to run at Kyle Hamilton. So this week we may play Kyle Hamilton to the boundary. So we recall your field boundary discussion from a couple weeks ago on the football 101. We talked about how I believe based on my sources that Kyle Hamilton is going to start the season as the field safety. Well, if you're playing a team that wants to do a lot of stuff into the boundary, a lot of run game, a lot of pass game into the boundary, the easy thing for Marcus Freeman is, okay, we're going to put Kyle Hamilton there and say, you can either a, you can keep attacking our best player and the, the guy that's better than anyone you have, or you can go to the field more, which is where you're not necessarily comfortable. Right. And then he can do things, obviously, you know, maybe slide people over, put more numbers over there. Cause you have Kyle to the boundary, then you could put more numbers to the field. So there's all types of different things that Marcus Freeman can do with a player like Kyle Hamilton that then makes the guys around him better. And we haven't talked a lot about that. And, sure. and that is one of the, the advantages of having a guy like Kyle Hamilton, because you say, oh, he's a great player. Okay, well, what makes him a great player? Number one, he can play sideline to sideline. I mean, he mm-hmm. can – if he's on the hash, you have no chance at throwing deep. You know, in center of the field, he can play – he can play go routes on either outside. I mean, he's just got incredible range. He can play man coverage on tight ends. He can play man coverage on slots. He can play man coverage on backs. He can come down and play the run from depth, meaning he's lined up deep. He can fly downhill, play the alleys, do things like that. And then he can come up close to the box and make plays in the run game there. So when you when you look at Kyle Hamilton and, and you you look at what he can do, he can impact the game so many ways. He was a blitzer, an effective blitzer last year. 
So I think those are things you look at and say he can impact the game in a ton of ways. And then how you use him can then protect maybe some areas where, hey, this team likes to do this offensively. That's not really our strong suit. So this week we're going to adjust and have Kyle do this to protect that area. And having a guy like that, it's it's sort he, I see him having sort of an eraser role on defense. Eraser meaning he can erase some of your mistakes. I see him having a, a, a bit of an eraser role similar to what Jalen Smith had for Notre Dame in 2015. I, w- one of the areas that I think that I'm really looking forward to seeing him step up is, is his play recognition. Um, I, I feel like his time on the sideline during the spring will only benefit him from a play recognition standpoint because he was able to see so much on the sideline and and that's where you really work those mental reps right and and from what we were hearing <laughs> from spring practice he spent a lot of time you know with Marcus Freeman spent a lot of time with Chris O'Leary so it was an opportunity for him to really get a lot of mental reps and I I really do believe and even if he did play in the spring I still think this is an area where he would have taken another step sure. right it is from the, the the play recognition the mental side of things um, where everything just kind of slows down for him. And I'm not saying that it was super fast for him before. because he was, he was a, great he was, player he was a sophomore. He's an incredibly exactly. smart player, but yes. he was still a sophomore. Exactly. I mean, you, you can only be but so smart as a sophomore because right. you've only seen things really so many times. Now, to your point, Vince, he's, a year, he's now a junior. He's been in the yes. system for two years. One is a very important part of the rotation. The next year as a, as a starter and a, and a producer. Sure. Now – as sort of a leader and and to your point yeah i think he would have gained a lot of experience and, and knowledge from that but i really truly believe that him sitting out this spring was good for him number one that ankle got time to heal which is mm-hmm. really important and and then the other piece of that is obviously being able to see the game differently look you know it i know it anyone that's ever gone from playing to coaching knows when you go to a coach like you just see the game differently oh just absolutely. because of the angles of where you're standing like as a quarterback <laughs> i could see certain things but then when i'm 10 feet behind the quarterback i can see even more sure like, oh i see that guy i see you know i see that kind of thing well and when you see the whole picture like mm-hmm. it may like for, for me when i when i started coaching seeing the entire picture and understanding the entire picture, whether it was offensively or defensively and how kind of everything worked together, that helped me understand the game so much more because when I was a player, I knew my job. Like I knew my job. I knew what I had to do, you know, cause I was like a wide receiver on offense, for example. And I knew, okay, when it's a pass game, pass play, I knew what I got to do when it was a run game. I don't know what the heck they're doing over there, but I know if it's coming my way, what kind of block I have to throw. Right. You, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it oh, made yeah. more sense to me as a coach to see the whole picture, and that's kind of what you're talking about with Kyle Hamilton. And I'm not saying he wasn't seeing the whole picture from a safety spot, but he's more worried about what he needs to do, right? right? And now he's able to see kind of a bigger picture and how that affects him and how he can affect others. Because you, you, know, you mentioned, Vince, you were a receiver, so you only saw a certain part. Well, when I played defense in high school, it was as a corner, so it was a similar mindset. But I also played quarterback, and as a quarterback, I had to know what everybody else yeah. is doing. Right. That's kind of where Kyle Hamilton is as a player. He does mm-hmm. actually have to know what everybody else is doing as a safety. He has to know what my run fit is here. He has to sure. know, hey, I'm doing this because the corner's doing this. And I think being able to take a step back and see how it all kind of works together. Exactly. I think it's going to benefit him. Yeah, no and, question. And, so, and then also it benefits the depth. So so Kyle Hamilton for me, Vince, is clearly the thing that I'm most certain of. And, and, and of course, there's always sort of the – you know, the caveats, and I don't really want to do this on every single one. Okay, assuming he's healthy. Obviously, this is always assuming that guys are healthy and and those type of things, but just because you can't dictate. Like, I predict that so-and-so is going to get hurt in the game five, right? Like, <laughs> can't predict that. That's not can't. possible. Yeah, right. Assuming good health, this is what we see. And, 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 and look, Kyle Hamilton proved he can be an All-American on a bum ankle, <laughs> right? So right. now he's healthy. If he's able to stay healthy. What's he going to be able to do? So it, it's exciting, and you know, you're, there was another mock draft that came out from uh, the, the NFL Draft Network, and and you had him go number four. Which, just for context, there's been like two top two safeties drafted in the top five since 1991, I believe. That's it. Since 91. Since 91, I believe that's gotcha. it. So that just kind of tells you just how how. Highly thought of Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, is. how special he yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, enjoy it for a year, everybody. So certainly, yes, certainly confident that Kyle Hamilton. I guess you could say that's another you know thing. I'm I'm pretty confident that this is going to be barring again barring injury. This is going to be Kyle Hamilton's last season at Notre Dame. So enjoy these next 13 to 14 games. 
uh, of Kyle Hamilton playing safety for Notre Dame. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vince, our number two area, and this is now where we're going to kind of go offense, defense, offense, defense, right? So it's not necessarily order of importance. We 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 kind of just kind of go in areas where we where we're confident, and we talked a little bit of defense, and now let's go offense. Yeah, we didn't necessarily agree on the the the, the top one. Uh, I went with running backs, and you had mm-hmm. them on your group, but just not as high. But I'm going with running backs, and and Vince, I I'll start off, and then I want to hear your thoughts on it because I was I was you had it fifth. On your list. So I was like, wow, okay, I expect a little bit higher. But when I look at running back, I see a group that, to me, returns as top two guys from last year. I don't see either one of them taking a step back. If they're both just as good as they were last year, then I think they're going to equal their production, if not surpass it, because of some of the schematic changes we are hoping to see this season. And some of the schematic changes we actually did see in the spring. So I think it'll be some improvement there. But again, just from an ex- experiential standpoint, if they don't get announced stronger, announced faster, improve their technique at all, just the experience is going to result in, you know, moderate, you know, production jumps. And this was a very productive group last year. I think the reason I'm even more confident in this group now than I would have, you know, been last year, if I'd have known what Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams were going to do, if, if, if we just we predicted it, we knew it. Kyra's going to run for 1,100 yards, be a second team All American. He's going to rush for 10 plus touchdowns. Tyree's going to do this. I would still say I'm more confident in the running back depth chart now because of the presence of the incoming freshman along with Sebo. Sebo establishes himself as a solid part of the rotation last year, a good short yardage goal line guy. And then you've got the incoming freshmen who are, to me, very talented players and bigger guys. So guys that are more physically ready to play day one to the point where part of my confidence comes from is if they lose a player from the one, two, I still feel this group is going to be really good. I think Chris Tyree could step into the starting lineup if Cardin Williams went down and then everybody bumps up a bit. And I'm confident that the freshman could step into the lineup and perform at a high level. If Chris Tyree goes down, you lose you actually lose a little bit more if Tyree goes down than you would Kyron from a stamp from the standpoint of not necessarily the better player, but the standpoint of you're losing a skill set you can't replicate. So like if Kyron goes down, there's other guys that can do what Kyron does, just not as well as Kyron does it. Right. If Chris Tyree goes down, you don't have anyone that can go run a four three and and be a 90 yard. So you'd lose a little bit there, but you don't necessarily need that to have a great backfield. And that's kind of where I look at events is. The confidence that part of the thing that gives me confidence in a per specific group is do you have the ability to sustain an injury or someone not playing up to the potential? At some positions, they can't sustain that at all. At running back, I feel like that because injuries happen, right? It's part of the game. This is a position group where, barring them losing like three guys, <laughs> this is a group that I expect to be really, really good this season. Well, for me, and you're right, I did have them number five on my list. But it, when I was making out the list, I was just kind of going through the team and, you know, writing down people that, are, you know, groups that I was, you know, confident in. And then, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, running backs got to get them down here. You know what I mean? It was at I can't wait till we get to our next one because I actually wrote them down sixth, which was ridiculous. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I forgot this group. And I wrote them down and they ended up being the sixth slot. So uh, I'm sure you're going to give me uh, some crap for that. But um the the running back group 
I'm very confident in the running back group based on what they did last year, right? And it, it's it is a for me, it's a trying to figure out the wording for it, but it, it it makes me feel better. And when I get confident about a group, it's about okay, what are they returning, right? What kind of production did they have? What kind of experience did they have? The running back group checks all of those boxes, and then you add in Sebo and you add in the two freshmen, and it 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 makes it a home run for me. And so it it made it really. I mean, clearly the running back group, I'm I'm confident in, and right. This time last year, no confidence in the running back group because we didn't know. There was just too many question marks. They would have been on our, our Wednesday show, like the running backs last year. And yeah, this, the, this that, year that being the bigger, the, the biggest right, concerns. Just yeah. concerns like, well, man, I don't know what we're going to get from the running back room because there was so much inexperience coming in. You had a true freshman, mm-hmm. you had a redshirt freshman who had basically zero, you know, reps after what game one or two or whatever when he fumbled and it was like no more um and so we didn't really know what we were going to get from them now a lot the experience the production and then you add in the fact that we believe that the offense is going to be making the proper changes i just think that that elevates this running back room even more yeah because i think that they're going to be such an integral part in what notre dame does both on the ground and in the air it makes my confidence level that much higher. That right there is a great point, Vince. Last year, they did not build around the running backs. They built around the offensive line. Correct. And the running backs benefited, the, but it wasn't. Right, but it wasn't yeah, like, exactly. and, and here's what that means, right? It, so you you weren't saying, okay, we've got to make, we've got to take Kyron Williams' skill set and we got to figure out where we can in, incorporate it in every aspect of the offense. That wasn't the conversation because at this time a year ago, they were hopeful that Kyron would make a jump. He had a good sprint, you know, he, he had a good uh, uh, sp- the spring the year before, but didn't play much in the fall. There was no spring this time to see w- what growth he would make. It was kind of like, well, we think he could be good, but we don't know. And then, of course, he breaks out. So, But when you have that uncertainty, what you're not going to do is build your offense around that uncertainty. Now he's a certainty. So it, it's, it, it's even more so like, okay, how do we make him at the center of the offense? Because the offensive line is going to be the center of the offense. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're using all of Kyron Williams' skill sets to their advantage, right? I actually think the staff did a pretty good job of adjusting on the fly to then utilize Kyron in some of the ways that they could utilize him. And it took them a little, you know, kind of the middle of the year because Kyron still had to prove himself. Absolutely. I don't think they went to the Duke game saying Kyron's going to have 200 yards of offense in his first game in the Notre Dame uniform. You never go into that. You hopeful, but you never say it's going to happen. And you know, and then he steps up and played well, and and had a couple okay games. You know, or okay game against South Florida. He didn't play a ton because they blew him out so quickly. And then you know, does really well against Florida State. And that came after a pause, right? You know, for COVID, so you weren't practicing and continuing to build around those things. So it was a really strange year. So I actually give the staff a lot of credit that by the time we got to the middle of the year. You started seeing those guys being used more effectively, even on little things like, you know, you, you think of the way that he was used against Boston College, you know, lining up in a slot, doing some ISOs. I think we're going to see more of that stuff yes. now, because as you look at later in the year, how Kyron was used is a lot different than how he was used earlier in the year, in my opinion. You think of the Georgia Tech game, Vince, where they line up Kyron in the backfield. They got Chris Tyree out in the slot to the right. They run an off tackle play. Georgia Tech doesn't respect the fake reverse you know, to, to curse Tyree. So Tommy Reese does what I felt was a savvy move by a young guy, which is run the same flip and play and do the reverse this time. Cause you know, normally coaches oh got that in my back pocket. Going to go to that one later. No, he said, they never do. Yeah. Right. We're not going to give you time to adjust. We're not going to give right. you time to say, Hey, get to the sideline. Hey, look, if they do that, that smoke motion again, you got your know, backside safety. You got to be prepared for that. And then now they're ready for it. He went right back to the next play. Chris Tyree catches it, runs for 20, or I mean, gets the reverse and runs for 20 some yards. Like, you're going to see more of that stuff that we didn't really see as much of last year because of inexperience, different type of offense, you know, because more of a, a two, 12, 13 personnel, that kind of stuff. Sure. And then, of course, running backs that you didn't enter fall camp thinking for. So now Tommy Reese and, and Lance Taylor and John McNulty and Jeff Quinn again, I'm naming those four guys because they're the most ones involved in the run game. I'm not purposely leaving out the receivers coach. It's just not really yeah, right. sitting down saying, hey, here's what I think we need in the run game. Those four guys to me now have since from January to now have had the time to say, how do we build our offense around these these guys, these two guys? 
And that's why, to me, there's a great deal of confidence in, in what this group is going to be. Yeah, this group is going to be electric. That's all. That's all. I just agree. want to throw that part no, in there. I, I, I agree. They're going to be electric, not just confident, but electric. So I agree. I'm, I'm excited. I agree. Both of them. I, I right. think both exactly. of them. I think we're going to Room. see more big plays from Kyron Williams this year than we did. Again, as good as Kyron was, I, I want to point out his 5.3 yards per carry was the slowest by a starting running back at Notre, a leading rusher at Notre Dame since 2014. Significantly so, like by a lot. And and a big part of that was because of the type of offense they played, because everything was so condensed. We showed that a couple weeks, you know, a couple weeks ago in a football one on one, because everything was so condensed, it was a, it was a lot. There was wasn't as much room to work. If they if they make the changes that we anticipate they're going to make and hope that they're going to make, I think that's going to result in more room for him to work too. And, and and then I think the pass game is really where you're going to see him get more in space and and maybe have some bigger play opportunities. Before we move on to the next part, Vince, I do want to thank Han Solo for a super chat. Han, I appreciate that very, very much. Very, awesome. very much. So very, very much appreciate that. Next, Vince, let's go back to the defense. We could have easily, if we we're going to talk about a position group, right? So just take away the best player on, on, on the, right. the team, right? If we're going to talk about the position group, then to me – the defensive line would be my number one position group that I'm most confident in coming into the season. And, and I look at it and we have some really good questions about the defensive line that we'll get to after the podcast portion. So, you know, hang around for the Q and a, uh, if you're listening to this via podcast, the Q and a will come out later, make sure you check that out. Cause I can already see there's some really good questions about, <laughs> about these and, and especially the defensive line. And then there's some really good ones about the running back too, but about the defensive line, this group is – I was talking with someone the other day that that isn't super familiar with Notre Dame, and, and I said, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, there's guys right now at Notre Dame, Aiden Kana'ana, uh, Gabriel Rubio, Nana Osafa-Mensa, that are struggling and battling just to get on the second team. That four years ago, the first year of this turnaround, would have played a ton of football. Mm-hmm. A ton of football. Yeah. And would have had to play a ton of football because there wasn't anybody there. But they would also have been good enough. I would argue that Aiden Kaanaana would have been better as a freshman than Kurt Hines was as a freshman. Kurt played a ton more because who else going to play? Kurt had to play more. You know, yeah. Elijah Taylor, Brandon Tiasum. Uh, you know, it just it it it, it wasn't going to happen, right? He was he Kurt Hines was just better than those guys the day set, stepped foot on campus. Well, you what do you think Gabriel Rubio would have done back then? snaps wise and so it's just amazing how quickly that unit has just become where two years in a row Notre Dame has lost two starting defensive ends to the National Football League meaning they were drafted Drafted. two years in a row correct and I'm looking at the defensive ends like "Eh, I'm gonna be all right you know I'll be fine so I mean it's just it's then you look inside and you're like well why are the ends gonna be okay well you move Myron Tungvalo out there he's gonna be fine Okay, mm-hmm. but didn't he start a defensive tackle? Yeah, but that's all right. They got Jason Adamuolo there. Well, okay. Well, what about if he gets hurt? Well, that's fine. They got Jacob Lacey and Riley Mills and Gabriel Rubio and Howard Carr. Be, it's just the depth of this group is really impressive. And I thought this group, for the most part, finished the season on a really strong note. If you go back and watch the Alabama game, Notre Dame was was outmatched in some areas against the Alabama offense. The linebackers didn't play well that game. You know, the inside linebackers, the corners didn't play well that game. There's one group that played really well that game, in my opinion. It's the defensive line. They more than held their own, and that's an encouraging thing to me because I they're they're most all of them all the inside guys are back. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost a couple outside guys. Dalen Hayes got hurt early in that game. Didn't didn't play like 15 snaps that game. Nadia Ogundiji's gone, but other than that, everybody's back. I have a great deal of confidence in this group, and I also think too the other part of my confidence is is because this is a, a system by Marcus Freeman that is geared towards building around them more so whereas coach lee again not better not worse just different type of defense it worked incredibly well the other way but just looking at the defensive line in this specific skill set of these players i think the coach freeman's defense is going to be geared more towards allowing them to go make more plays and that's another reason i'm i'm pretty confident in this group vince well, you you covered a lot of it um, as to why I'm confident in this group as well, and I could use the That's same why argument. I make the big bucks, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, obviously. Well, I could use I could use the same argument that I use for running backs, right? It's returning production uh, versus depth and, and including depth. Right. And that's that's the defensive line. I mean, and it's in depth is probably the number one reason. 
Um, but you've got returning starters coming back because you're 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 moving MTA outside, so he's technically a returning starter. Um, and then Jason is a is a he's not a returning starter, like quote unquote, right? But Jason Adamiola is a guy who got a lot of reps, right, when he wasn't injured. And so I expect big things from him as well. And I use the word electric when we were talking about the running backs. I, I, I feel like this group can be electric as well when you talk about the physical attributes of Isaiah Foskey, what he brings to the table. Um, and I think MTA is, is better suited right now as a big end in this defense. Mm-hmm. And then you, then you add in, we talked about the offensive philosophy change for the running backs and how it's going to benefit them. But the defensive philosophy change for the defensive line and how that's going to benefit those guys. They're, they're taking a strength of this defense and they're making it better, which mm-hmm. I don't know that I thought could happen, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. I, you're, you're going to see it in, in production, in the numbers, in the, in the tackles for loss, in the hurries. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, All of that, I think, is going to escalate. It's going to make this team better. You know, I don't know that they're going to be better necessarily from a points per game you know, when when it's all said and done, because that's how they generally rank defenses, right? It's a points per game kind of situation. But I think some of those electric numbers, some of those pass rush numbers, some of those, uh, you know, tackle for loss numbers, I feel like those are going to get better. And that's what excites me about this defensive line. I, they're going to be making plays on their own, as opposed to you and I know they're making plays but it's getting cleaned up by other people, if that makes sense. Like yep. I, I'm expecting these guys to make plays on their own, and that's going to be the fun part of this group. Yeah, and, and it's going to be needed, in my opinion. I think that takes a lot of the pressure off of off of the the, the linebackers. I, yeah. I think we talk a lot about you know the linebackers and and what their roles are going to be, and will they improve, and will they do this, and will they do that, and and for me. Vince, when I look at that group, I see a bunch of guys that they were playing in a system where a lot was a lot was expected of them. You know, and sure. and there's there's still obviously a lot expected of them now. There's always a lot expected linebackers, but it's it's not gonna be as like I've said in the past, I you know, Marcus Freeman calls it a defensive line driven defense, and I get where he's coming from. I I've kind of called it more of a linebacker driven offense or defense, I mean. From the standpoint of, I think that this group is going to be able to produce it at such a higher level. They're they're not going to they're going to be taking on some of the responsibilities that the safeties had, and a part of that is because of what you're asking the defensive line to do. Right. And this group can now just kind of, as linebackers, can now just kind of go run to the ball, just go attack because the defense is is sort of the first wave of attack. Where in the past, the defense was kind of used to set up the linebackers to then go make a lot of plays. Everything was kind of funneled to the linebackers. Now it's just about the defensive line is going to go make plays. And a lot of times when you're doing that, Vince, you're more of a spill team. And and what a spill team is, is, you know, you're disrupting things. You're forcing bounces. You're forcing the team to kind of stretch. And that plays right into what I think the strengths of this linebacking core is going to be, which is these cats can run. Yeah, the sideline to sideline. Yeah. 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 I mean, when when you're talking about Bo Bauer being the most unathletic dude that you have in your two deep, that you know you're 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 okay you're pretty good there athletically right well anybody that's watched him run down on special teams right. knows that Bo Bauer's an athlete I mean he, he beats right. guys down the right. field but would you tackles. argue who, right. who would you say in the so we go too deep so we're gonna go Jack Kaiser Drew White uh Shane Simon Maris Luafau Bo Bauer and let's go uh Isaiah Pryor right of that of that six yeah, I mean, he's probably the most "quote unquote" unathletic guy. He, he, I would let's just say, una, let's say, if we're going to rank them by athleticism, <laughs> one to six, right. so now we look at it from a more yeah. positive standpoint. Yeah, I put Bo Bauer six, right? Yeah. Well, the point being, if if this defense, if these linebackers are being allowed to chase sideline to sideline because you're forcing bounces a lot, or you're forcing early cutbacks, that plays right into their hands because then they can just run to the ball. But that all starts up front, and it's with the defensive line, and that's where my excitement comes because I do think we're going to see a lot of that. And the good news is, is early in the season, I don't think this group is going to play a lot of good offensive lines. That's true. And and so we're going to find out early on if our if our optimism about this unit is justified because they're mm-hmm. certainly going to get a chance to, um, yeah, they're certainly going to get a chance to uh, to make a lot of plays this year. No question about it. Next, Vince. Let's talk about some wide receivers. 
I think this is a group that's probably going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, you actually had them second. I, I did. Believe. I had them. I had they were the second group to come to mind for me. Yeah, they were also on my list. So I'm going to let you kick it off, Vince, because I think okay. I think this is one. I mean, I I, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised. That's listen, unless this is your first show and you've never watched Notre Dame play. This is pr- you're probably not surprised that Kyle Hamilton's on our list. You're, sure, you're not surprised that the running backs are on our list. If you listen to the show before, you're not surprised the defensive lines on this list. I think there are some people that would either they may not be surprised because they know how high we are, but they would probably disagree with us. So to start breaking down, Vince, why are you so confident in this receiving? And I am too. I'm just setting you up for your answer. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Why are you so confident that this receiving course going to be one of the strengths of this football team? Well, I, I will start with the fact that none of my arguments for the uh, what my strength of the other position groups really apply here, right? It's not returning production per se outside of a couple of guys. It's not, you know, uh, returning starts necessarily. Um, there, that, that doesn't really exist. What does exist for me uh, is the change in philosophy for, for the offense. And because of that change of philosophy – I believe it's going to allow, number one, more guys to get involved, okay? And number two, it's going to show the depth of this wide receiving core because I think there's some electricity in that room that people don't necessarily know about yet. Now, we well, we don't really know because we haven't really seen him on the field a whole lot. But Kevin Austin is an excellent, excellent, excellent receiver. He can do everything top to bottom that you need a receiver to do at Notre Dame or any college team, okay? If he's healthy... He's going to be dynamic. Okay. He's going to be the alpha of the wide receiving core. Okay. And I, I say that for obvious reasons. Number two, Braden Lindsay. He had, we know what he can do. We've seen it, right? But can he do it on a consistent basis? That remains to be seen. That's going to be fun to watch. If if they use him correctly, which I think that they will do, not have him out there the entire game, he's going to last uh physically and he's going to be able to be electric, right? Well, and then after those two guys, then you get to Avery Davis, Lawrence Keys, in my opinion, right? And those guys are your quote-unquote slot guys. Well, we've seen flashes of what Avery Davis can do, right? We saw the big catch against Clemson. Uh, there should have been another big catch against Clemson the second time. There were times where he was running open where he wasn't getting the ball. Uh, we saw him break off his route, find the open area, and catch that la- that final touchdown uh, that Ian Book threw against Clemson. I think he's really coming into his own as a wide receiver, which really excites me because he's one heck of an athlete, right? And we we project him to start in the slot, and I think he's going to be very, very productive. And then then Lawrence Keys, like Lawrence Keys, I feel like to me is kind of one of the forgotten guys on on this in this wide receiver room because you know, look, he was returning punts, he got benched because he fumbled, uh, you know, he was putting up numbers as a wide receiver. Fumbled the ball, didn't see a whole lot more of Lawrence Keys. Well, Lawrence Keys is a really, really good receiver in the slot. He is a, a very, very good route runner. He can make guys miss in space. He's the kind of guy that you want running RPOs, okay? And that's what we feel like this Notre Dame offense is going to have, right? And so I think you're going to see a resurgence from Lawrence Keys, and I think you're going to see a heck of a one-two punch between Avery Davis and Lawrence Keys in the slot. Well, then, okay, let's go down to the next level, right? Uh, Xavier Watts. He's a guy that Brian and I are very high on because we know what he did in high school. We saw a glimpse of what he could do, right, in the one practice that we got to see. But we saw what he could do in those three-minute videos in the spring. We saw what he could do in the spring game. And He's Tommy elect- Reese sounded really high on he, him. When I you can see the him. change in his face yeah. during that interview that you did with yeah. Tommy Reese, right? So Xavier Watts. Is a guy that's going to get the ball in his hands, and it's going to be so much fun to watch, mm-hmm. right? And I really hope that he is able to get the ball uh, at, on the field side, right? That that's mm-hmm. where I think he can be the most electric because there's room for him to operate. Mm-hmm. When, when a guy like that with his skill set, with his skill set, excuse me, when he's got more room to operate and he's not confined by the twelfth uh, defender, which is the sideline. I just think he could be special. And I think he could be a really good one-two punch with Braden Lindsay out there on the outside. Then you throw in Joe Wilkins, right? And and Joe Wilkins could be, you know, that second guy in the boundary. Well, do I think Joe Wilkins is a starter? No. But do I think Joe Wilkins can bring something special to this offense? 
Absolutely. In spurts, Joe Wilkins could be really, really good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, solid. I, I wouldn't say that. I don't I don't Fair think enough. he's ever shown anything to make you say he's really, really good. I think he can be a really good part of the rotation. Role. I feel like in his right. role, he could be good. And yeah. and that that's what I'm talking about with Joe Wilkins. So I just named off, what, six different guys? And you didn't mention Le- Deion Colsey. You didn't mention right. Lorenzo Styles. Any of those you new guys coming in. Jaden exactly. Thomas. Right. I, I, just, I just feel like the depth is such that uh, you're not going to see a whole lot of drop off when they go to sub packages. And I think you're going to see sub packages, which is huge because that's yeah. been our biggest complaint is that they're not getting enough guys on the field. I think that's going to change this year, whether they go, you know, six deep, whether they go six plus um, who knows. And, who, and, and again, your point, Brian, that you made earlier about can this group sustain an injury and still be effective I think I think the answer is a resounding right. yes. Whereas and last year they weren't necessarily in a position to right. do that because now right. let's see that gets us back to the question of a lot of this is going to be kind of does Dell Alexander make changes as a coach? Sure. Does he do th- more things where he starts getting he understands like look this isn't 1997 anymore this isn't 2005 anymore if you can't get young players ready to play you're not doing your job effectively. There was a, you know, I haven't had a chance. I've had a lot of people ask me about that inside the garage podcast that Kyle Hamilton, Cam Hart, uh, KJ Wallace, and Connor Radigan are doing. I haven't watched any of it yet. I don't watch other podcasts. I have no problem with it. I think everyone should go watch it. I support the sure. players, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I just don't have, I don't watch, just like I don't listen to, I have a great deal of respect for Tim Priester. And, you know, when, when Lou was around, I, you, you all know, I had no, no one I had more respect for than Lou. I didn't listen to their podcast. I don't listen to, I don't read what they write. I don't have time to do all that. And I like yeah. to kind of have my, Sure. Head clear of anyone else's ideas so that it can make sure that what I'm coming up with is my idea. Sure. But somebody sent me a clip of something that Connor Radigan was saying. They were talking about how I guess the DBs were referring to how Mike Mickens is like a big brother. And Connor Radigan was like, yeah, it's not really what it's like in the receiver room. He wasn't taking a shot at Coach Alexander, but he made the point is it takes a long time to gain his con- his trust. Well, you know, to me, that's an old school way of looking at it. Part of it is, yeah, players got to gain the trust, but it's your job to coach him up and get him ready to where he can be trusted. It's, it's, it's what I've been saying for a long time. It's not shouldn't be up to the eighteen year old to earn your trust. It should be up to you as the coach to freaking coach the eighteen year old to be ready to play, and that's got to change. But the difference this year compared to last year is, I feel like this team is better prepared to to handle that without the freshman. So even if he doesn't make changes, this is still going to be a good group. And mm-hmm. I personally would put I, – I want to put the – I'm going to kind of cheat and lump and put the tight ends in with this group. Oh, Because the tight cheat. ends are so important to the pass game. And the tight ends are also important as to why I'm confident in the receivers. Because they don't need Kevin Austin to be the alpha. Because they have Michael Mayer. Having Michael Mayer and then having the running backs as part of your pass game takes a lot of the pressure off the receivers. That's another reason that I'm confident in that group is because I think they're going to be capable of going out and just saying, hey, Braden Lindsay, you don't have to be Will Fuller. We're not asking you to be Will Fuller. We're asking you to be Braden Lindsay. Lawrence Keys, we're not asking you to be Devontae Smith. We're asking you to be Lawrence Keys. And I, I think where you and I still disagree a little bit, Vince, is I still think Lawrence can and will play a lot outside. I think okay. if Lawrence is as good as I think he's going to be and, and as good as you think he's going to be and Avery Davis is as good as we think he's going to be, you have to figure out a way to get them on the field together. That makes times. sense. No, Especially makes, when you have a guy like Brain Lindsay who's not necessarily a 65-snap-per-game sure. guy. So I, I think you need to do that, and and I think Lawrence is route-running. it. You, you've talked about the skill sets needed to play out there that he has, and I agree with you on those, speed, route-running ability, things like that. No, he's not the ideal size, which is why I'm not saying he's going to start and play 65 snaps outside. I think they should all move around. My hope, and this is the one thing I don't know. This is this is me talking. My hope is that we see a lot of interchangeableness this year, that we don't just see the sure. W, the X, and the Z. I hope we don't see that this year. I hope it's like one snap, Kevin Austin's backside, and Lawrence Keyes is in the slot, and Avery Davis is outside, and the next snap – you know, Avery Davis's backside or Lawrence Keyes' backside and Kevin Austin's in the slot and or, you know, the other guys in the slot and just mix it up, move it around, sure. right? My my confidence also comes from not even anticipating Kevin Austin being the dude that we all think he can be. Because I'm just – I'm at this point in time with him. I'll believe it when I see it. Foot injuries are so yeah. – 
I mean, well, it's not even just that it's, it's just, we've been here before. Right. Sure. And, and Kevin is incredibly talented. I think to me, Kevin is a day one, day two NFL draft pick talent. I mean, he he is in my opinion. I think Kevin's a good kid. I've, I've never, you know, he, he, he's made some bad choices. I think we're past that now. It's just one of those things where it's like, I can't count on him. And, and this is me looking at it from a coach's standpoint. I can't count on you until you prove to me that you can show up every day. And f- for different reasons, Kevin hasn't been able to answer that bell the last couple of years. So if if he can answer that bell, then then this group is not only has a chance to be really good, this chance has this group has a chance to be to be special. And and it's a little different than the Alabama group from last year or the LSU group from two years ago. I don't, I don't think there, there's not a Devonte Smith out there. There's not a Justin Jefferson out there right now. Kevin Austin can be a Jamar chase type. Not, he's not gonna have the volume because they threw the ball so much more than they're going to throw the ball, but you get that, that similar body type, similar physicality, similar skill set, right? He can fill that role and Kevin Austin could be really, really, really good. It's more about just the depth of options that this group has. Because they can go six, seven, eight deep. And if Dell, so there's two keys to this group becoming special. One, it's Kevin Austin and Braden Lindsay both being healthy, especially Kevin Austin. And not just being healthy, but being on the field every day. The other piece to this is if Dell Alexander steps up and makes the necessary coaching changes he needs to make to actually prepare young guys. And it's not always about you needing them to do all the work and earn your trust, but you doing the work you need to do. You know, like one of the other things that Connor Radigan talked about is like, you know, we get in there, we watch our film, we do this. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're doing this whole thing wrong. Again, where, where's your extra time? Where are you putting the extra time? Where are you doing this? Where are you doing that? That's where you need to do. If Dell Alexander makes those changes, then this group could be special. I'm not anticipating that. Again, I got to see it. I'll see it when I believe it. But even if he doesn't do that, this still has a chance to be a really good group. And, and I'm confident in this group. Now, can it be game-changing? Can it be good enough to win a national title? That remains to be seen. That requires Kevin Austin, what we talked about, and Dell Alexander to do those things. Mm-hmm. But at least just with you know 10 and 2 plus, no question this group can be a, a key ingredient to that, in my opinion. And, and again, when you start putting the tight ends in, because you know Michael Mayer is to the offense what I view Kyle Hamilton as being to the defense. Sure. Right? And... and the reason we didn't go with him as one of the five just by himself is because, again, he's still a sophomore. He's still, you know, there's still parts of his game he has to prove. But I'm cheating a bit by putting the tight ends in there because I think when you look at Michael Mayer and George Takis and Kane Barong and guys like that, that you add that to this mixture, which you have to do if you're Notre Dame, if you're covering Notre Dame because of how much they use the tight ends, that I look at that and say, that's another reason that Notre Dame can sustain from a number standpoint a couple injuries as long as those, you know, if let's just say they lose Kevin Austin and Braden Lindsay for a game this year, you know, you still have Avery Davis, you still have Lawrence Keys, you still have Xavier Watts, you still have the freshman, you still have Joe Wilkins, plus Michael Mayer, George Takis, came wrong, right? Plus Kyron Williams, plus Chris Tyree. They'll be fine. And so then those smaller number of receivers are still going to produce. And that's where it comes down to for me. So let's go number five, Vince. And this is another one that I think is going to surprise some people. That is quarterback. I, I think it's definitely going to surprise quarterback. Some people. Yeah, I was surprised that you had it on your list. To be honest, I thought that was going to be my because we were what we we're going to do is we're going to take the couple we agreed on, and then just we each get a couple that we don't disagree on. Hey Vince, here's yours. Here's mine. But we had all five on the same list. And Vince cheated and had six, but it's all I did. But uh that's guy's like, oh yeah, duh, defensive yeah. line. <laughs> quarterback is one, and it's not Jack Cone. It neither of us put Jack Cone. It no. was quarterback room. And it goes back to the fact that I obviously I think Jack Cone's gonna start. I have a great deal of confidence in Jack Cone. I think Jack Cone's gonna have a really good year and surprise a lot of people. Yep. But that's not required for the quarterback position to be a strength this year for me. I have a lot more confidence in the entire depth chart. Uh, that that this group is going to produce this season. So that to me, quarterback is, and again, part of it is Jack Cohn, but mm-hmm. it's not just Jack Cohn, right? That that's the thing for me. Well, and I, if you were, let's say we're going to compare this quarterback room to last year's quarterback room, okay? And say what you want to about you know uh, Ian Book and and all these different things. 
whether I liked Ian Book or I didn't like Ian Book or whatever, that that's not the point. The point is, if Ian Book went down last year in 2020, this this team looks a lot different, okay? Because I wasn't as confident in the quarterback room last year as I am mm-hmm. this year. And yes, Drew Pine is still there, and you know, um, I, I just feel like Drew Pine has taken enough of a step from his freshman year, right, to now his sophomore year, to where if Jack Cohn, something happens to Jack Cohn, I have complete confidence in Drew Pine taking over and running the offense the exact same way that Jack Cohn would, right? Mm-hmm. There may be some bumps in the road because he'd be a brand-new starter and hasn't taken any collegiate snaps. Wait, and he's taken a couple. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Legit co- collegiate snaps, right, as a starter or whatever. Um, so I'm sure there would be some bumps in the road, but when it all comes down to it, I feel like Drew Pine could run this offense just fine. And then you go down to Tyler Buckner, and Tyler Buckner has, you know, more question marks than a lot of guys because he's only played one year of high school football and it was two years ago, mm-hmm. right? I, I still think, excuse me, I still think Tyler, uh, Tyler Buckner can be an amazing quarterback at Notre Dame. I just don't know that it's going to be in 2021. That's right. all. And now, but right now if, he's their third option in my, as, as the full time, as the full time quarterback. Right. Now, could could there be you know a niche position for him? Absolutely, because we've you both, and we've both advocated for that. We'd both yeah, love to see that because you look and see. Okay, what does he do really really well? Okay, you can do this. Let's build something around that just to switch it up, just to get you some playing yeah. time to really make this offense even more dynamic. Let's go with it. I I believe that they should be doing that, but I I, I still believe that Drew Pine should be the official number two quarterback, right? Uh, because if something happens to Cone. I want Pine in there as my quarterback, right? Yep. And so, um, but top to bottom, let's say something drastic happens and they lose their top two quarterbacks and now Tyler Buckner has to go in. Okay, I, I, he has the talent to do it. Now, it could be bumpy. <laughs> he could definitely be bumpy, um, but he has the talent to do it, right? It'd be like if, um, and I, I hate to say this out loud because I'm sure people are going to yell at me, but like if you, you threw in a raw Phil Dracovic in his first year, Right, it would be bumpy, but he's got talent. He's got a big arm, you know. Can and run because around. he can make plays with his legs, that's the other part of it. Can run around exactly, and so that's the way I kind of see it. But from top, and you, to bottom, and you left the guy. You left the guy that Brennan spent Clark. most. You left the guy that spent most of last season as the backup quarterback off. Correct. Yes, I which did. Which again speaks volumes to it. Who has the strongest arm on the on the on the roster? Well, Brennan Clark. Quarterbacks. Brennan Clark. Brennan Clark. And it's Absolutely. not close. Yeah, it's not close. He's got a cannon. Brennan Clark's also a really athletic football player, you know, and again, we're not even talking about him. We're barely talking about him. We've talked, we've barely talked about him all summer because we just expect him to kind of be buried because, but again, we expect him to be buried because he's a raw player. What if he makes big strides this summer in fall camp? Right. I mean, that's again, that goes into the confident look part of being confident in a group is does it have or not have a wide margin, a bigger margin for error. That's the reason we said Kyle Hamilton and not the secondary. Right. (laughs) Right, or because even, or even the safety group. I mean, correct, yeah, correct. Yeah. Because there are still too many. There's still a, other than Kyle Hamilton. There's a very small margin for error. When I look at quarterback, things would change if Jack Cohn's not playing. But Notre Dame's not putting in. I don't even want to say a name because it would seem like it was disrespectful. It'll, it'll, but yeah, right, you know, right. like the first guy off the bench when Dan Chris got hurt in 2010 was not Tommy Reese. It was Nate Montana. Right. It was. Little different situation, and then they had to go that year to Tommy Reese, and they won ball games, right? Well, does anyone want to tell me that Tommy Reese has more physical talent than what Tyler Buckner has? And here's the other thing too: the Notre Dame offensive coordinator has a pretty good idea of what it's like to be a freshman quarterback at Notre Dame, being thrust into a, sure. a, a position because of injuries. He's not going to put a ton on Tyler's shoulders. He's going to remember how did I? Because what was Tommy Reese's record as a starting quarterback as a as a true freshman at Notre Dame? He's undefeated. Went four and zero, including a win over a number fifteen team in the country, Utah, including a dominating win over Miami in the in a Rose in a Rose Bowl Sun Bowl game. Point being, what the coaches did then was they didn't ask Tommy Reese to go win a bunch of games, run the offense, don't make mistakes, and when the opportunity comes, we need you to make some throws. And that's exactly what he did. And then the same thing's going to be asked of Tyler Buckner, but Tyler Buckner has way more talent. And that's not a knock sure. on Tom Reese. Tyler Buckner has more talent than, as, to me as a true freshman than any quarterback of the last decade, not named ever Golson or Phil Dracovic. So, you know, I, I, I'm, that's why I'm confident in this group is that it's Jack Cohn, it's Drew Pine, it's Tyler Buckner, it's Brendan Clark as a unit. They're going to yeah. get good quarterback play this year, in my opinion. 
It's just about who's it going to be. Sure. Again, if everybody's healthy, then this is a no-brainer one. Mm-hmm. They can sustain one injury and still be okay. Now right. you start getting down into two, then who's going to be good at losing two quarterbacks? No, nobody. So again, we're we're talking about we anticipate people being healthy or maybe just one injury. I think they're going to be fine. Right. And that's where I'm at with this group. Well, like if, if Drew Pine had to have a spot start because, you know, uh, Cone rolled an ankle or yeah. busted a rib or, you know, whatever. Maybe he has to maybe he has to start two or three games, you know, in the middle of the season. OK, like my win loss predictions for, for. OK, so like right. We're one thing we're going to do before the season, little sneak preview. We're going to have several shows. We're going to do some bold predictions, kind of overview of the season. And we're going to make predictions. Here's the record. Here's what I anticipate them. The record being. We're going to do that before the season. I will tell you right now, there's not a game on a schedule that I look at right now that I have Notre Dame winning that I would put in the loss column as a prediction if Drew Pine had to start. Not one. Agree. Not one. Now, could the game be a little bit more dicey? Could a mistake change the outcome more than if if a veteran was playing? Sure. But can can Drew Pine go out there and and with the talent around him? That's the key. Because, again, what have we talked about? Talented running backs, talented receivers, talented tight ends. Offensive line, we're not going to talk about today. We're going to talk about that one on Wednesday. But there's still <laughs> spoiler some, alert. No. Yeah, there's there's still some. Uh, there's still. I mean, there's still a lot to work with there. Jer- sure. Jarrett Patterson was one of your six. That was one right? of my six. Him, him as an individual, he right. was absolutely on my list. Yes. So th- there's there's a lot around him. This isn't a situation where you're asking uh, Tyler Buckner or Drew Pine to come in and say, "Okay, you got to put this team on your shoulders." Right. That's not needed. So again, I mean, if Drew Pine, and I know this isn't something that everyone's going to agree with, but if Drew Pine had to start a game this year, my prediction would not change unless Notre Dame's just not as good of a team. But again, this is going off of what we know about this team right now. I wouldn't change my prediction. Or if there are other major injuries around him that would. Right. There's always those asterisks of things that we can't know or can't control. Right. Right. But I, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change a single win loss in my opinion on that. So that's where I am. So Kyle Hamilton. The Notre Dame running backs, the Notre Dame defensive line, the receiver slash tight end group, and the quarterback room. Those are the five things that we are most certain of at Irish Breakdown about Notre Dame heading into the season. Now, hopefully, I think we would all agree, hopefully by the end of fall camp, we are not questioning whether or not any of those five should be on the list. That would be bad. And hopefully by the time we get to the end of the of fall camp and we get ready for Florida State on September 5th, that we've added some groups to that list. That's obviously the goal. But those are the five right now as of Monday, August 2nd, the groups that we are most confident in for Notre Dame heading into the 2020 season. So that's going to do it for this portion of the podcast. Before you uh, before you go, don't go, we're going to have Q&A coming up right next. But if you're listening via podcast, give us a five-star review. And before we move on to the Q&A, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit that notification bell, and uh, stay locked in everything we got going on at irishbreakdown.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.